close your eyes and take a deep breath. Then exhale slowly. Now, imagine yourself strolling down a sidewalk with a street on your left and houses on the far side of the road. It's a busy, noisy time of day with cars and trucks rushing by in both directions. On your right is a wooden fence, too tall to see over, but close enough to touch. So you run your hand along its rough surface until you come to a small gate in the fence that appears to be unlocked. Curious to see what's on the other side, you stop and gently push it open. Suddenly, you find yourself standing in a seemingly endless field of wildflowers extending as far as you can see. So beautiful, so peaceful, so quiet. At your feet, you notice a narrow trail winding gradually upward through the field to a great tree on top. You begin to walk the trail, touching the tops of the wildflowers on both sides that are waist high. The heat of the day cools delightfully as you walk under the giant green canopy of the tree. Its smooth trunk has a shallow depression at the base that invites you to sit down, lean back, and relax comfortably, which you do. The view before you of colorful wildflowers and a vast sea of green swaying in a gentle breeze is breathtaking. In the stillness of that moment, you feel his presence and hear his still small voice say, this is for you. Take care of it and it will take care of you. Open your eyes now and reflect on your experience. According to the account of creation in Genesis chapter 1, God gave the earth and all it contains to a man and a woman, whom he created in his image. You and I and all of humanity are the heirs of this awesome gift. For God said, I have given you every plant, every beast, every bird, in short, the Lord gave us everything. Therefore, if the earth belongs to us, then we can do as we please without any accountability for how we use its natural resources, right? Before answering that question, recall those two parables from the series on Jesus and money. In the parable of the talents, a nobleman gives money to his servants before going on a journey, saying, Put it to work until I come back. When the nobleman returns, he has them give an account. Two are rewarded for investing well, while the one who did nothing with what he was given loses everything. So, did the money actually belong to those servants, or was it simply entrusted to them? In the parable of the rich fool, we see a farmer with a bumper crop say, 
I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store my surplus grain. The wealthy man presumes that everything he has belongs to him until God calls him into account by saying, You fool! This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you prepared for yourself? So, if the money in the hands of the servants and the crops in the barns of the rich man do not really belong to them, does the earth really belong to us? Or is it a matter of trust? Psalm 24 opens in this way. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Therefore, this planet that we call home is not our own, but a treasure entrusted to us and one for which we are accountable. The question, then, that God asks each one of us is, what are you doing with what I have given you, and who benefits? For the answer, all we need to do is look at the facts. Since the 1950s, human beings have produced over 8 trillion pounds of plastic. That looks like 25,000 empire state buildings or 1 billion elephants. And of that number, we've recycled less than 10%. Not good. And that's just plastic products. Let's get a bit more personal now. In 2017 alone, the United States produced 268 million tons of solid waste, with over 50% going into landfills. Of that amount, 40% was burned, producing over 90% of methane emissions and dangerous levels of carbon dioxide. That's not good for anyone, is it? On a really personal level, the average American produces almost six pounds of trash per day, with just a pound and a half being recycled. That leaves each of us holding a bag filled with four and a half pounds of wasted waste every day, which amounts to 1,650 pounds per year. Now multiply that by 332 million people, and you get about 550 billion pounds of waste. Those statistics are just a tip of the iceberg of junk that we mass produce every day and discard improperly and irresponsibly. If this trend continues, the earth that takes care of us will turn against us more and more. Our planet is sounding the alarm loud and clear, but are we listening? Actually, since the earth and everything in it belongs to God, then the alarm is coming from Him. How then should we respond? How will you respond? Psalm 8 is attributed to David, who spent a lot of time in God's creation, both as a young shepherd and also as the man anointed by God to be king of Israel. In that short psalm of just nine verses, I am immediately impressed by the matching bookends that open and close David's reflections on the majesty of the Creator and the magnificence of his creation. 
Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Pause with me right now as we reflect on those words. Close your eyes and imagine first what David might have envisioned as I say again, O oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. With your eyes still closed, say those words to yourself and imagine what God is revealing to you about himself and his creation. Now open your eyes. What did you see? Let's continue on with an attitude of worship as I pray read verses from this psalm that relate to creation while using your imagination to see what I say. Lord, when I behold the heavens above, which are incredibly wondrous and seemingly infinite, I am so humbled by the fact that they are the work of your fingers. I feel so tiny, and the little I can see is so big. I am awed when I realize that you have set in place the moon and stars. Who am I that you are mindful of me? And who am I that you care for me? Yet you do so with amazing grace that is unconditional and endless. Thank you. Then to realize that you have entrusted to all of us all that you have made. You have crowned us with glory and honor, giving us authority with responsibility to rule over all the works of your hands, to include all creatures of both land and sea. Everything belongs to you, and yet you have entrusted everything to us. What a gift. What a responsibility. Dear God, help us to care for what you have given us, always mindful that all we are and all we have belongs to you. O oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Pray reading, as I have just done, brings the scriptures to life for me. In essence, it is a personal conversation with the Lord while prayerfully reading and reflecting on his word. For me, I start my devotions with an imaginary journey that leads me into the presence of God. In fact, the one that we took together at the start of this message is my favorite. The journey is just a means to the end, which is to be with God, ready to hear what he has to say in that moment. Although this is a primarily personal experience for me, it can also be a shared experience, as we did together on that imaginary journey into God's creation that ultimately led us into his presence to hear what he had to say from Psalm 8. Let's reflect again on that psalm by focusing first on the creator, not the creation, just as David did when he addressed God with all due respect at the start and finish with the words, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. 
He is the one we worship and honor, not the creation. But what does that look like? We honor God when we respect and care for what he has made. This is what our creator expects of us and what we must expect of ourselves. As we do so, let's remember the closing words after that journey when we sat in God's presence beholding his beautiful creation and heard his still small voice say, This is for you. Take care of it, and it will take care of you. Here are three questions for your consideration. First, what part of creation do you appreciate and enjoy the most, and why? Second, in what tangible way can you care for that particular part of creation? And third, in what ways does God expect his church to care for his creation? 